Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. I'm your host, Jared, alongside once again my trusty co-host, Alyssa Antonelli. She uh she took a she took a week off last week. It and I I swear it wasn't something I said or anything I did. I don't know. Maybe it was. We don't know, but regardless, we're very happy to have her back on. We do hope you enjoyed last week's episode with David Mumpower. He's a very big part of the Mickey Blog family and kind of one of the core like founding members almost of how Mickey Blog got its start. So uh, if you want to go check out that episode, go tune into last week's episode where we talk about everything that you should be looking forward to with 2024 with Disney from the parks, to the movies to everything in between. He's like an encyclopedia with Disney. It's incredible. So Either way, very excited to have Alyssa back on because we are switching gears back over to Christmas once again. Uh, Alyssa and I did promise you, all of our listeners and viewers, that, hey, we got a lot of Christmas episodes coming, and we were not lying about that. So here is our second of our sort of string of Christmas episodes. Today, we're going to be talking about Jollywood and whether it is worth going. So Alyssa went to the first night and we also have lots of details, guides about how things went for the second night, which we're also going to talk about, and what to really expect. But before I do that, I want to mention that this episode of the Mickey Bog Podcast is brought to you by Mickey Travels. We'll talk more about Mickey Travels later on in the episode. And not a better person to talk Mickey Travels than Alyssa, as she is the co-owner of Mickey Travels. So very excited to chat more about Mickey Travels later, as we always like to do. But Alyssa, how are you doing today? And how is your uh, how is your holiday spirit? Is it getting more and more activated? Or <laughs> well, first of all, it is so great to be back. Um, I want to give the hugest shout out to David Mumpower. Um, he, I almost don't feel worthy coming back into this spot after <laughs> David. He is first of all one of the nicest people ever on yes. a personal level, um, and his knowledge is makes me feel like I know nothing about Disney at all. Um, but I do want to thank David for coming in and I'm sure, I'm sure people will hear and view David a lot more. Um, and the, David's not a, Oh, once one kind, one time filler kind of guy. He's an important part of Mickey blog. And Absolutely. so thank you, David. I wanted to shout out him. Um, great to be back. Um, I actually, um, it was not a personal time that I took off. Um, we actually had um, a Mickey Travels agent trip last mm -hmm. week uh, at Walt Disney World. And um, so it filled a lot of my time. But if any of the Mickey Travels agents are watching, hello. And it was amazing. <laughs> we learned a lot. Um, anyway, great to be back. My holiday spirit is, you wouldn't know it. I don't have any ears on. I'm not dressed in red or green, but um, <laughs> I'm excited, Jared. Like it's all over everywhere. And this is our time of year. Like, it really right. is. It right. really is. It, it was funny. Last night, uh, my wife and I watched our first Christmas movie of the year. And we had, uh, I have lights all over my living room and a Christmas tree up. And she looks at me and she goes, I think we need more Christmas lights. I'm like, are we trying to like, you know, break <laughs> the electrical grid in the area? Because we've got a lot of lights. It's starting to look like National Lampoon's Christmas so I, vacation. I have to ask you, Jared, because um, I know you have a new puppy um, this is Obi's first Christmas. Yeah. What is, what's Obi's take on the lights and the tree and all the stuff? You know, so it's true. I have a, uh, 14 pound Kapapu. He's only five months old and he is, uh, he was very, you know, 
interested in the tree when we first put it in he was like why is there a tree inside but uh we catch him trying to bite at it and and grab things luckily he's small so he can't really grab any ornaments but i do remember like compared to last year i was like putting the ornaments higher up in the tree because i was like "Ah, i gotta be a little bit more conscious about this sort of thing but no it's been great uh molly my wife she bought him some like christmas bandanas and i'm sure she's gonna buy him Christmas sweaters is going to do the whole thing, but yeah. um, it's uh, good. it's exciting. It's a great time of year. So I'm very excited for today's episode. What yes. Alyssa and I are going to discuss is Jollywood Nights. Of course, this is the brand new Christmas party, Christmas event. It is taking place over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. There's only 10 av- uh, event nights in total. Um, and essentially what we're going to talk about is whether it is worth, you know, going. Really, that's that's the main topic. So whether we think it is worth you visiting, and Alyssa has an advantage over myself in the fact that she did go to opening night. I wasn't able to attend opening night. So so I'm excited to hear her perspective on actually attending. Also, we got the perspective of having been after the second party now, where the second party introduced a lot, and I mean a lot, of new things, new changes, characters that were not at the first party. Sort of some some conflicting feelings about that, but we're going to dive into that in a little bit. But let's start off with this right away. Before you ever went to opening night, Alyssa, I want to hear what your your like initial reactions to like Jollywood Nights. Like, were, was this something you were immediately like, oh, that's a great idea? Were you spectacle, uh, skeptical uh, or anything like that? Like, what, what were your first thoughts? You know, obviously very much in love with the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. So um, I, I thought, you know, I know this is going to be very different. Um, I think any... And I think everyone would agree with this. You're anxious and excited at the same time to see something new that you've never been to. So you don't know what to expect, right? You read, you see some pictures. And um, I'll tell you what I was most excited about. Jared, you and I have said this, I think, on maybe the past, the last episode. Mm-hmm. I think Hollywood Studios is one of the most beautiful parks at Christmas time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you and I are on the absolute same page about that. Um, so having it there got, excited me. Because I know how much I love Hollywood Studios during Christmas. And I'm going to take it a step further. Hollywood Studios at Christmas at nighttime, it just blows me out of the water, right? I mean, it's just Echo Lake Mm -hmm. and the stars down Sunset Boulevard. I mean, it is just a beautiful, beautiful park. So I thought, what a great venue to host this Jollywood Nights. The other thing, real quick, that I also was excited about is I got the impression, and I will talk about this a little bit further as we get into the episode, Jared, is um, I I got the feel that a lot of people were going to get all decked out. Yeah. Old, old world Hollywood, you know, kind of the Holly, the heyday of, mm. you know, the 1920s, the 30s of Hollywood, which is a little lost at that park these days, right? We've talked about that. Like it's, mm. there's a little loss of, of that. What I think it, great movie, right? Just saying, <laughs> we'll stop there. I'm not going to talk about that yeah. again. But you know what I'm saying. So I was excited to think that they could bring that aspect of Hollywood Studios that you and I always cherish so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those were what really excited me the most prior to attending. Yeah, I think the the interesting sell when they first introduced this event, it really seemed like they were trying to make it very different from Very Merry. 
in the sense that this was going to be more of an adult centric event. There was, you know, bar offerings, special clubs and and Christmas sort of themes uh, offerings for adults, which I thought was very cool, to be honest with you, because I do think that what so many people get lost on with Walt Disney World is just how much fun adults can have here. Even if you're going without children, a lot of people kind of have this misconception that Disney's only for families and for kids. And I I very much so disagree with that. But what I was going to say is this event, the way it was hyped up, it was very focused on entertainment and it was very focused on bars and clubs and restaurants and dancing and, and things like that. And like you said, a more classy sort of feel to it. Um, which I thought was sort of unique. And I also, you know, was interested to see how it was going to go. So having said all that, now that you have attended, obviously, let's get the elephant out of the room here. Uh, the first night was not reviewed very well by the media. And I'm not saying just by us out there. I would say Mickey Blog was pretty positive compared to many of other sites out there. Uh, not going to name names, I'm just saying. Uh, but a lot of pages, a lot of blogs, vloggers, YouTubers, sites did not enjoy the first night and they were very upset. A lot of it was operationally based. People were upset with how it went operationally. So what can you talk about with that? Um, how much do you agree with, you know, people feeling pretty upset about the first night? And then we'll uh, sort of talk about how things have changed a little. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree, Jared. We definitely like to be very real at Mickey Black, but we also like to be very um, honest. Yeah. You know, um, but also very positive at the same time. Uh, we're not a blog that is going to bash, bash, bash. It's not how we do it. But we also want to be honest, you know, so I'm not going to sit there and say everything was perfect. It was amazing. <laughs> like not a glitch to be had, obviously. Um, so I would say, so this had nothing to do with Disney's, like Disney's doing um, so we've had, and Jared, you and I live in Florida, things have had started to cool down a little bit, at least mm -hmm. certainly in the mornings and the evenings. I woke up on this, on November 11th and, uh, walked outside and Mr. Humidity was like, Hey, did you miss me? It was I'm so back. thick and <laughs> I'm back. It was so thick and humid that day. And I thought, this is so strange. Like this, it felt like August. Um, it did not go away. So it was hmm. extreme, not Disney's fault at all, but it was extremely thick and humid, very, very hot. And um, we had umbrellas. And I will say by about 1040, 10.30, 10.45, it did start to rain. Um, I will say driving to Hollywood Studios, the skies were very angry. They held off until about 10.30. But, um, you know, obviously we got a lot in prior. Um, there were five of us from Mickey blog. Um, and we, um, we each had a, a role to play and places to go. So I will tell you before we even get into this, there are things I heard amazing reviews about that I was not part of. Um, mm. just to get this out in the open, I did not see the Muppet show at being the beast theater. I did not go there. I wasn't, that wasn't on my list. I also did not see what's this. Uh, hmm. the Nightmare Before Christmas show. I heard that was amazing. I didn't see either of those. Um, so I'm a little bummed. Not, I mean, that just wasn't on my to-do list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I will say the weather, blah. But that's not yeah. anybody's fault. So that's just kind of how it started. Um, I will say, um, again, to be honest, and I think anybody there that night would agree with me, 
Um, and they have fixed it since. They had one wristband distribution location for mm. everybody. And it was at the Mickey Shorts Theater. And when I tell you, if anyone knows where Mickey Shorts Theater is, it's kind of next to the Frozen Theater. Um, when we got in line, we were all the way back almost towards Galaxy's Edge. Mm. I mean, it was it it was a lot of people because it was just one spot. Um, I also was a little confused. I'd love if somebody could share what they thought if they were there. We got lanyards that served no purpose. Um, usually a lanyard is a credential to get yeah. you in somewhere. Maybe at the bottom you tear off a free drink. Um, you need it to go to get into somewhere. No. Not sure why we had the lanyards. Everyone wore them, but I had did not see any purpose to those. So that's confusing more than not doesn't make me mad i just was like why are there no lanyards now was that instead of the wristband no in addition to when we walked into the mickey shorts theater we got a wristband oh and by the way not that it matters but the wristbands are the old party wristbands not the oh, cloth okay. ones that we're getting for, for the halloween and christmas okay. party. i don't know if that's good or bad just hmm. noteworthy interesting um so you get a wristband you get a lanyard and you get a map and um, the map I get, the wristband I get, I still do not know what the lanyard was for. Um, and one other thing, and then I know you want to get specific about certain things. Um, the other thing that I did feel was a bit disappointing was the merchandise. There was mm -hmm. one T-shirt, just one. Yeah, that that's very surprising. They should have had ears. They should have had a spirit jersey. They should have had, what else can I think of? A sweatshirt. Um, I can't imagine if they didn't have Jollywood ears, everybody would have worn them. Um, one inaugural year t-shirt and the t-shirt's cute. Mm -hmm. I expected more out of merchandise. Yeah. So, so that's actually a good place for me to jump in actually, because yeah, one of the jump things on, that- Come on in, the water, the water's me, warm. Come on let in, me jump on in the, the on Jollywood in, pool. Uh, no, one thing I wanted to say was one of the reasons why I believe this is my personal opinion. Again, I, I am planning on going to Jollywood. I booked tickets uh, for my birthday next month. I am excited to go. Hollywood Studios is my favorite place during the holidays in Orlando. Literally all of Orlando is my favorite place. But um, regardless, one thing I will say is when it comes to Mickey's Very Merry, I hold that party up to such high regard. It is my mm -hmm. opinion, the best event of the year. I don't even, I think it's above not so scary. Yes, am I biased because I love the holidays? Sure. But I just think it's so incredibly well done. And one of the things that they do, well, several things that they do uh, are things that were not offered at Jollywood, which I think might have played a role in people sort of having a bad taste in their mouth. Now, having said that, if Jollywood was priced at a lower price range, for example, then maybe people wouldn't have been so upset, but it's a very comparable, if not sometimes more expensive price range than Mickey's Very Merry. Now, here's what I mean. When you walk into Mickey's Very Merry, they bring in merchandise specific to the party, a lot of it, several walls worth of merchandise that are mugs, hats, uh, you know, ear spirit jersey, ornaments, pins, pins yeah. they're all only for guests who are going to Very Merry. You have to show your wristband, you have to show your ticket in order to even go in that section of the Emporium. So we're not talking about one t-shirt here. There's several walls worth of it. On top of that, you have offerings such as 
multiple complimentary stations to get cocoa and cookies and, you know, things like that, which again, that's also not an offering that was at Jollywood. Now, again, I'm not saying this is like, as like, oh, this is why you shouldn't go to Jollywood. Not at all. I'm simply letting our listeners and viewers be aware of that is, those are major differences between these two parties and what you're getting versus Jollywood. Because as Alyssa was just alluding to, when you get there and you see one t-shirt, you're like, oh, that's kind of surprising. Like Barry Mary has all this. So little piece of advice, I think. Okay. And this is something I'm trying to actively do too, before I go, um, you cannot go into Jollywood expecting Very Merry because Very Merry is one, a completely different event, and two, it's been around for years and years now. So they have been able to add things, make it better over time, figure out how to perfectly run this event. Whereas Jollywood, this was the first night of the first ever event. So, yes, what did it not go so well to most media and people who were there? Sure, I, I get that. However, as we're going to talk about later, they've already made some improvements over to night two, which is great to hear. Um, not so great if you uh, bought tickets for night one, but again, we'll talk about that. But just either way, I do think it's important for our listeners and viewers to like sort of, I'm not going to say temper expectations, but I think the mistake certain guests made, and again, tell me if I'm wrong here, Alyssa, but I just feel like people walked into Jollywood expecting like very merry level amazingness and it's kind of unfair to do that when you have an event who is brand new night one compared to one of the best events that disney puts up in the world and and it's like done so well because it's been around for years but i don't know i can also see the flip side to that too because the tickets are expensive so you know people are expecting I, greatness I, I agree i i mean i went in not re again i'm gonna use this excited and also unknowing I, it was, yeah. it was definitely, whereas I walk into Very Merry and I'm like, it is 100% pure excitement. I'm like, bring it yeah. on. I can't wait to see this. I know this old friends, you know, kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so to be fair, like I, I would never, I don't think it's fair for anybody, any individual, any blog, any media source to say, well, it didn't, it didn't, you know, um, hold up to Very Merry. That's not fair. I, I, that's just, it's not fair. It's a different event altogether. Um, it, like you said, it's the first night of the first ever. So I think that is not fair. Um, I will say this, and again, we could get into specifics of what there was there. Um, I will say for sure that, um, there were definitely, as you mentioned, some logistical operational things, such as the wristband distribution. That's just one example that definitely needed to be fixed. And they did fix it. I believe I heard that last night, night two was two distributions. I applaud Disney. They realized we need to pivot. We need to get, you know, people in, get the wristbands and get them on their way. So I, I definitely think that's great. Um, I do think something that is important, and I know you and I will discuss this maybe a little bit down the road in this podcast is, or in this episode, is um, the one thing when I go to Not So Scary or Very Merry is I know every time I go, it's going to be this, the same, might be a different experience for me as a guest, but the offerings will be the same. Mm -hmm. It'll be consistent offerings of what they promised. Yeah. And that was not the case last night. Now, again, I know we can sort of dive into this if you want right now. Um, Might as well. 
I'm not talking about logistics or operational. That's great. They, they need to improve things. That's great. But when, okay, I'm going to throw, I'm going in. I'm on the yeah, diving board. Jump, jump in, jump in. When I see Mary Poppins and I see Santa Stitch and Santa Duffy and Jimmy Cricket. Pinocchio. In, Pinocchio in holiday wear that they were not there night one. Snow um, White and honest, Dopey. As somebody who was there and paid a lot of money to go, um, I was actually really, um, I was, what's the word I want? I want to say disappointed um, that mm -hmm. Disney, I'm really happy for those that saw them last night. So don't think for a minute that I'm like, mm -hmm. how dare they? No, but did they think about all of us that went the first night that didn't get to experience that? Yeah, so conflicting feelings here, right? Because it's, uh, and Alyssa and I spoke about this before we actually hit the record button, but right. it's almost like a double-edged sword in a way where you're you're happy for the guests who got to experience Absolutely. night two of Jollywood. And ideally they keep these experiences around for the rest of Jollywood for the rest of the year, from night three, night four, like hopefully this wasn't like a night two, okay, and then go back to night one kind of thing. But regardless, um, for those for those of our listeners and viewers who aren't aware of what we're talking about, essentially on night two of Jollywood, they added a second wristband location for you to pick up your wristband, which is yeah. phenomenal because there was uh, people reporting waiting upwards of an hour to an hour and a half to get their wristband night one. So that is a very long time taken out of an already only four hour party that, that you're getting your wristband. Which is another thing that we should mention here, Alyssa. This is a shorter event than Very Merry. Mm -hmm. You can get to Mickey's Very Merry at four o'clock and you can leave by 1230. So you're talking about eight and a half hours. You know, this is a long time. So for Very Merry or for Jollywood, rather, you're getting there at seven is when you're able to walk in the park. But the party doesn't actually start until 830. So having said that, ending at 1230, that's four hours. So if you're waiting in line an hour and a half for a wristband, that's going to take a lot of time off of when you're just excited to start the party. So regardless of all of that, the point I'm trying to make, super big kudos to Disney for recognizing, okay, we needed another wristband location. So they did that. They added a second wristband location. Let's forget about that, though. Let's talk about the characters for a second because it's an entirely different topic. Now, what do they do on night two? They added... Let me just go through all of them to make sure I'm not forgetting anybody. <laughs> this is gonna upset Alyssa because it's hard not to. It's hard not to be right. No, so wait, you have, yeah, let's uh, so deep breath. Take a few deep breaths. So you have Snow okay. White. You have Snow White and Dopey. They met together, and that Dopey is a rare character. The Seven Dwarves don't meet often, and to meet with Snow White is extremely rare. And they're both in their Christmas outfits. That's one. You got Mr. Penguin and. Mary Poppins. Also a rare duo. They don't meet very often at all. Santa Stitch. Santa Stitch was not at Very Merry this year. S Stitch was wearing a red and green polo shirt. So Santa Stitch was only at Jollywood last night for that second event. You also had, um, uh, obviously, Santa Duffy. That's another one that showed up as well. And then you have, on top of that, you have Pinocchio, who alternated with Jiminy Cricket. That is eight characters. Okay, eight characters that showed up on the second night of Jollywood that were not there for night one. So again, here's the here's the confusing part about this. And again, I, I don't want to get too negative because as Alyssa and I have talked about, Mickey Blog, we try very actively hard to be one of the more positive platforms out there when it comes to Disney. Um I'm I'm wondering why that wasn't there night one. Okay, that's that I'm more curious because if Disney was thinking 
well, what if we what if we just kind of put out the bare minimum of the characters and see if people like it? And then if they don't like it, we'll bring out more night two, night three, night four. That's obviously going to lead to upset people. But also you have all the people, all the media who are there at night one. You you think you'd almost want night one to go the most well as possible because everybody's posting about it. And yet they got eight less rare characters compared to night two. So again, I want to reiterate, Alyssa and I are both extremely happy that Disney has made these changes and and now people going to Jollywood get to see these characters, get to get to have that second wristband location. But it, it's hard not to feel, as Alyssa alluded to, disappointed when you think about it from a guest perspective who went to the first night of Jollywood. Not even members of the media like us. I mean, a, a guest who was like, oh, I'm going to fly from Arizona to go to the first night of Jollywood. And then you go online a week later and you see eight characters there that you didn't see night one. It's got to have some conflicting feelings for guests out there. Well, and and remember also those, including myself, that went on night one paid the same amount as the ones that went last night. Um, yeah. So, you know, again, I'm, and I don't want to make this about money. Like, yeah. truly, I really don't. That's not what this is about. It's about experiences because Disney's about experiences. And I think if I can just, I don't want to keep going with this, but I do want to say one other thing that I think is important um, is that when we at Mickey blog were getting ready for Jollywood and prepping, there was a guide that was given to mm-hmm. everybody as far as this is what, this is the food. These are the drinks. These are the characters. Here's the experiences. Yeah. And we, we, I'm talking all of us, we went into it with, okay. And I can honestly tell you that myself and Greg, we did, we stayed in animation courtyard for the better part of an hour and a half to two hours to get Minnie, Mickey, Donald, Daisy, Pluto, Goof, Pluto, Goofy, which is exciting. Had we had an opportunity like last night, one of us would have stayed in animation courtyard, gotten all those. Cause of course we love those, mm-hmm. right? We love the sensational six, right? Love them. But then someone else could have been like, Oh my gosh, look at each of our characters. Um, and I just sort of feel like there was, here's the way I'm going to word it. And I think this is the kindest way I can say it was misrepresented. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, Jared, I think you're right. Like, let's just say, let's just go with, and this is not me saying this. Disney flopped on night one. That is not me saying they flopped. I'm saying the consensus, not good. All these things wrong, blah, blah. And Disney had to go back and say, okay, night two's coming up. What do we have to do? Um, well, again, Fix the operational issues, which they're doing. I applaud that. But the experiences, which is what everybody is after, you can't not make that equitable when everybody's mm. paying the same price tag for those experiences. That's where that's just where I'm coming from. I hope nobody mm. thinks that I'm an awful human being for saying that. And I hope I said it in a very kind way to Disney. But as somebody who did pay and go on the first night, when I saw what I saw last night um, with those characters and characters are important to me as well as Mickey blog and our mm-hmm. listeners and our, or our viewers. Um, I was extremely sad. Um, I, I felt yeah. very, very, very disappointed that Disney would do that to all the ones that went the first night. Well, it's also tough, you know, again, from a media perspective, and I'm speaking as a Disney parks reporter and as, you know, someone who covers the parks full time, uh, it's hard for us in the media to properly give, you know, our 
viewers, our readers of Mickey blog, the thankfully hundreds of thousands of followers that Mickey blog has out there that depend on us for Disney news. It's hard for us to give out accurate information. If we say, Hey, here are the characters you can meet. And all of a sudden night two, there's eight other characters. People could go night three, night four and be like, well, wait a second. Mickey blog told me that these characters were here. Who, who is this guy? Why did I not know this? You know? So it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's false advertising, but it's misleading in a way. And that's, that's hard for, that's hard for guests. It's hard for media. It's hard for families, friends, everything like that. But again, I would almost rather this happen than the alternative of nothing happening. And then guests being upset the rest of the way through, because I'm very glad that Disney actually listened to the reviews, the 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 way people felt about night one, because I'm just going to be honest, everything I read and everything I followed uh, wasn't very good. And, and it's sad to see that. And it was sad to read that. Um, and again, I was trying to be more like, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, these are tough reviews on Jollywood, but it's the first night. It's the first event. I, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. But regardless, when so many people were negative about it, my first thought was like, I wonder how they're going to adjust. Are they going to change things? And they did. And again, I would rather have that. Even if it's upsetting, I would rather have them listen to the guests and actually make those changes than do absolutely nothing. And I think Alyssa feels pretty similarly in the sense where her and I were both on the same page about it's great that guests got like the second wristband location. It's great that Disney gave them more characters. It's just tough because that wasn't exactly advertised prior. So hopefully they just now start saying, hey, here are the characters and now here are the people you can meet. Because I'm curious if 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 they change the maps or if they change what like the listings, like how that works now going forward. It's gonna be interesting. I'm curious now, as you said, Jared, like is this the is this how it is for the next eight parties? Or could party four not have them again? Mm-hmm. I, you know, yeah. what I'm like, what does that mean? And, and as somebody who, as you know, for Mickey Travels, our clients are going to ask that question. 100%. Well, if I pay this amount of money for party six, am I getting Jimmy Cricket? Am I getting Mary Potts? I don't know the answer to that. Now, yep. if you said to me, am I getting Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Pluto, Donald, Daisy, Goofy, Pluto? Yes. I can comfortably say that's in the guide. We saw them there. They are, I know they were there last night, but Jared, like if somebody said to you, you know, Hey, you're the expert at Mickey blog. Am I going to see them on party seven? What's your answer to them? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And that's, that's the hard part. Right. And that's, that's what Disney almost did this to themselves in terms of they put themselves in a tough spot now. Cause like, how do you respond when people go to guest relations now, how, what is their response? What are they telling their guest relation cast members to respond to people like, hey, these are the characters that were there at night one, but uh, we saw these at night two. What can we expect for night three? Like, are they being told, okay, uh, you're going to see the same as night two or the same as night one? Because those are two different experiences. And it might, in many people's eyes, might not be worth the money unless you are getting what you're getting out of night two. So it's it's an interesting sort of situation. And, and I'm very curious to see how the rest of Jollywood nights and how the events go the rest of the year. As Alyssa said, there are eight more events. Um, I'm hopeful that they do well. I And the one thing I'm very happy about with night two is the reviews and the, the you know, sort of general consensus was it was a great success, which I think is awesome. I just wish that great success 
happened on night one and people could feel that way going forward. But hey, I guess it's better that we got the great success out of it on night two than than continuing to get, you know, not great feedback like we did night one. So we're going to switch to the break and then we're going to switch over in the second half of the episode. We're going to talk more specifics about what is actually offered at this party. Um, We just wanted to add a little bit of commentary about the first night. Alyssa's experience in the second night and talk a little bit about that. Uh, but we also want to let our guests, uh, you know, our listeners and viewers, you know, be more filled in and be more aware of what is actually offered at this party. So you can make more of a decision on whether this sounds like it is good for you. Because to be honest with you, there are a lot of offerings here at this party that it might not be for certain people, but it could very well definitely be for other people. So what that's up for you to decide, just the same as it is whether you want to buy a Very Merry ticket or a Not-So-Scary ticket. So we'll talk about that here in the second half of the episode. Before we do, I want to mention that this episode and every episode of the Mickey Bot Podcast is sponsored by Mickey Travels. Mickey Travels is a nationally recognized leader in Disney vacation planning. They are diamond earmarked by Disney and their services are always 100% free Reach out to Mickey Travels today for a free quote on your Disney vacation at MickeyTravels.com. That's MickeyTravels.com, making magic one vacation at a time. And folks, the best part about uh, Mickey Travels when it comes to what we're specifically talking about, like the parties, is they can book your party tickets for you. So if you're worried or concerned about getting those tickets for the right night, they can spend the time you know, making sure they get the exact amount of tickets you need for the right night and get you as prepared as possible. So if you need help not only planning your Disney trip or just booking your Disney trip, especially during the holiday season, uh, our favorite time of year, then definitely reach out to Mickey Travels. So I want to switch gears to what is actually offered at this event, Alyssa, because we didn't talk too much about that in the first half of the episode. I wanted to sort of you know, talk about how you were there for first night and sort of some of the some of the 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 commentary and drama of of the first few nights, I guess. But I want to switch gears a little bit and talk more about what is actually offered here, because I do think it's there's obviously some very unique offerings and certain things got very positive reviews. And as Alyssa said earlier, there were certain things that she didn't get to witness that she heard great things about. So you can't, you know, you almost don't want to like you know, say, oh, well, I didn't have a great time, but maybe I would have had a great time if I got to see that, you know. So regardless, let's jump a little bit into it. For example, there's two stage shows. Alyssa alluded to these earlier, the Nighttime Spectacular, or sorry, and a Nighttime Spectacular with fireworks and colorful projections. You know, Disney's Holidays in Hollywood is a live take vintage Hollywood TV special. And this is the show that includes Mrs. Piggy, Kermit, Tiana, Belle, Mickey, and Minnie. Um, Very cool stage show. I heard nothing but great things about this stage show. And frankly, people, Muppets fans, very loud Muppet fans, uh, including some members of our own team, uh, have been asking for more Muppet content at Walt Disney World for quite a long time. And Hollywood Studios is the place to do that. So I thought it was very cool that they brought the Muppets in for this show. Um, so I wanted to mention that real quick. And then what's this is Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas sing-along show. Uh, but it actually features some like mime characters and appearances, sort of puppeteers and also Oogie Boogie. So that's very cool. And lastly, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam is sort of a firework and projection show that happens on the Chinese theater. So Alyssa, I know you didn't get to attend the first two shows. We were already talking about that earlier. 
But um, what can you say about these three shows? What have you heard from people who did see them? And, you know, what are your thoughts about these sort of um, entertainment offerings? Uh, because I, I genuinely heard lots of good things about all three of them. Yeah, um, only only positive things. Um, I will say first night, uh, Jingle Bell, Jingle ba uh, Bam, it was pouring rain. That mm -hmm. was about the time when the skies opened up, but they still did it. Um, still mm -hmm. was pretty cool. I heard amazing things about both stage shows. Um, again, um, I didn't get an opportunity to see either of those simply because that wasn't on my to-do list. And I, I had to keep going to get the things that I needed to get. Um, but only good things. I have not heard anything negative about any of the three entertainment um, offerings in terms of shows and things like that. So I'm excited. I am going back to Jingle Bell, Jing um, uh, Jollywood, excuse me, um, on December 18th. Um, uh, so I'm excited to go there and not work and just really experience <laughs> yeah. it. So that I'm, I'm very, very much looking forward to. Yeah, I... I, uh, I'm excited myself to attend. And, and one of the things that I actually heard about all three of the entertainment offerings were, were, you know, like I mentioned before, I heard nothing but good things. And I think it's great that they add a sort of firework and projection show. Um, you know, but beyond that, the stage shows getting some Muppet representation, obviously there's a huge following for both the Muppets and Nightmare Before Christmas. So great to see characters and, and sort of, you know, performances from that. I think that's fantastic. Um, but, you know, just be aware for our listeners and viewers, if you do want to watch these shows to be prepared, get in line ahead of time. Um, yes. I did know, uh, from, from our team members who attended that that it was not easy and there were, there were long lines of course to attend, to watch those shows um but i heard nothing but great things and if, if you're a nightmare before christmas fan or you're a muppets fan that's probably going to be a bigger sell on why you're going to want to go to jollywood um so let's shift gears to our next sort of side of the coin we already talked about characters to be honest lots of characters were added i think that's fantastic because i remember after night 1 thinking to myself like okay if I were in charge, if magically Jared was, Jared had some, some responsibilities. Hey, how do I fix Jollywood? Uh, my first thought was that, hey, double the characters, add more characters. Did I think they'd do it night two? No. But I thought to myself, if you add more characters, it's going to sort of split up the crowds a little and it'll make people go to different things like that because that brings us to our next point, Alyssa. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on this is the food and drink offerings, which again, I heard nothing but really great things about the actual reviews on the food and drinks. But the caveat to that was the lines were very, very long for almost every single food and drink offerings, including the Tip Top Club over by Holly Tower of Terror, which apparently... That was on my to-do list. Yeah, that was another one that apparently had lines over an hour long at certain times of the night. So what can you talk about that? So I can speak to the Tip Top Club. Um, I was there with our Mickey blog um, team member, Miranda. We were both assigned to Tip Top. Um, we were probably, we were standing in the Tower of Terror courtyard, um, waiting to go in. Uh, we were there easily an hour and a half, just waiting wow. in line. The thing that kind of, they had a cute little sort of like scat, like a jazz scat band, if you will, um, but they didn't play till much later. Um, the thing that I think needed to be worked out with that was they had, one bar for a lot of people mm, and there were yeah. three specific drinks that you could get 
Um, the problem is, is that the people that had been there for an hour and a half waiting that we were near the front, when they opened up the, the gate, so to speak, people just started pouring in from the sides. So people that were way behind us were now in front of us. Mm. And I just felt like there was no, it was organized chaos. Um, so what we should have been near the front because we waited to be, and then people came around us and now we're waiting even longer. Um, so my experience at tip top club was not tip top at all. Um, the drinks, uh, were um, my opinion. Um, we had, we got two of the drinks. Um, they were, uh, so I had one with alcohol and Miranda had one without alcohol and I thought hers was really yummy and mine was a purple, I don't remember exactly what it was called. Um, it was super sweet. It yeah. felt like someone threw like a bunch of Skittles in, they dissolved and <laughs> it was a lot. Um, yeah. so my experience at Tip Top would not be something I'm running back to go do. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm going to share that experience. I was not overwhelmed by the tip top club at all. And you know, what's, what's sort of a bummer hearing that is when this event was first announced, I remember that was the thing that fans were probably most excited for because they thought to themselves, oh my gosh, a bar and a lounge themed after Tower of Terror and that classic section of Hollywood. And, you know, you sort of picture the people who got into the elevator and that sort of look and feel to it and everything like that. Um, but again, the, these are operational fixes. And the good news about operational issues is they're easily fixable. Mm -hmm. These are not you know, problems that can't be fixed. You add Absolutely. more bars, more casts, more staff, and then boom, the line is shorter. What do you know? A little more control <laughs> over the lines themselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, I just wanted to mention that, you know, I think that I'm glad that these are things that can be fixed and can be mm -hmm. sort of adjusted over time. Um, another offering that they did have was Jazzy Holidays, which is over at Hollywood Brown Derby. This is a themed table service dining location. This has live piano music. Of course, it's more Christmassy themed during this event. And originally during night one, you had to join the wait list through the Walt Disney uh, World app. However, uh, by night two, that changed to more of a walk-up list first and foremost. So that's another operational change they made. Do our viewers and listeners understand why that changed? I, the, app, the app crashed on night one. That's important info. <laughs> I actually was not aware of that. So, so the app you crashed. Talk about that? Yes. Um, <laughs> I was not over there. Greg was there. Um, everybody was getting texts that it was their take. Everything was ready and nothing was ready. So oh, it completely crashed. crashed. Everybody literally didn't know what to do, where to go. It was a little chaotic over at Hollywood Brown Derby. Um, and I will tell you that once Greg did get in, and I heard this from many others, is there wasn't much to it. It was a piano player at Hollywood Brown Derby. And if the only real reason to go in there would be to have a dinner, which you can do anytime. Um, so not great reviews about Hollywood Brown Derby. And the fact that the app crashed night one. Yeah, that's why you're talking about night two being different. Yeah. And so to be honest with you, this is just me. Okay. And again, the beautiful part about this show, the beautiful part about Disney and theme parks 
and opinions, because we can all have different ones. And frankly, none of us are more right or more wrong than anybody else. You could literally listen to this episode and be like, I disagree with everything Jared just said. I promise you it wouldn't be the first time and it won't be the last. And that's okay. I'm not upset by that. I'm only telling you what I think. So my personal opinion, um, when I first heard this option, was I thought it it would be for me a waste of time. And the reason I say that is because doing a sit down during a four hour event just does not scream a good use of my time. Now, the Tip Top Club or the, uh, you know, the Fiesta, which we're going to talk about next, those offerings, you know, they're quicker. And granted, Tip Top Club wasn't exactly quick for Alyssa, but they're meant to be quicker. So I do think the Jazzy Holidays could have been executed better if they just sort of cleared the space out and been more of like a walk-up location or something like that and made it more unique in that way. Because I just feel like when you have four hours of party time and you're waiting not only for your app to call you, but you're waiting maybe in a walk-up. And then when you actually get down there, it's like a sit-down sort of situation. That's a tough sell for people who only have four hours. Um, but again, maybe somebody really wants to go to the Jazzy Holiday Club and they want to sit down. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just letting you know, our listeners, our viewers, to to sort of know what to expect if you are going to go to that you know, it could eat up a good chunk of your time because if you only have these four hours to play with, you want to get the most out of it, right? So you, that's just something to sort of be aware of. But um, to sort of switch gears real quick, I just want to mention that the Holiday Fiesta in La Calle, which is over at the ABC Commissary, is sort of uh, another quick service location that people actually really enjoyed. I heard nothing but really awesome things about this. Uh, people also spoke very highly about the food offerings over at um, Fairfax Fair and Dockside Diner, um, things like that, which is great. But, you know, so I just think that that's very cool to me. I love that they had all these unique food and drink offerings to the party. Um, I actually, when they first dropped the holiday guide, Alyssa, I don't know if you agree with this, but when they first dropped like the guide of how many food and drink offerings, I remember several of us on the Mickey Blog team being like, wow, that is a lot. Like that's a lot of unique food and drink offerings only for the party. Um, and I actually enjoy that. I think that's great because it gives people incentive to go to the party because you're getting things that are exclusive only at the party. However, you know, operationally, you know, not all of it went smoothly. So, well, so again, just to be really transparent and I'm not trying to be negative, um, the, like the lines for many of these quick snack offerings were very, very long. Yeah. Longer than, you know, most. And, and I know we've all experienced that. Um, you waited a while for the popcorn bucket at um, Very Merry, you know. Um, but I remember a couple of times thinking, oh, you know what, maybe we'll just grab something. This treat looks good or this. And there were, you know, 50 people in line. And like you said, your time is limited. So you have mm -hmm. to make use of it. I think time management was the key for our first night there. Um, mm. so, you know, I think, you know, there's no mobile ordering those snacks and those foods. So maybe mobile ordering for something like that might have made a little more sense for the four hour party. Um, I did, I was, uh, assigned to the funnel cakes over at Epic Eats. Um, and that line wasn't too, too bad. Um, they had some very interesting funnel cakes. They were all new. They had two savory and one sweet. Um. I, I don't know if the viewers know, I don't eat meat. So I was unable to really try the 
two savory ones. Um, I did have the s'mores funnel cake, which was delicious. I will give a two thumbs up to the s'mores funnel cake. What I liked is the funnel cakes are much smaller than your normal size funnel cakes. That was delicious. Um, I'm not really sure where, who in, thought of inventing these other two funnel cakes, but one was a spicy Korean chicken funnel cake with a kimchi on top. That was interesting. I didn't yeah. eat it because I don't eat chicken. And then the second one was a Reuben. So mm. it had corned beef and sauerkraut and all Thousand Island dressing um, on top of a sweet funnel cake. So um, interesting, but kind of different and fun, I guess, you know. Um, so that was the one we were enjoying. I will say something that seemed to be a huge hit at the party in terms of treats or snacks is the Gertie cookie. Yeah. The Gertie cookie, apparently, I was not, um, I didn't have one. I plan on getting one next time. Um, I wasn't, that wasn't on my list to get, but adorable. Mm -hmm. Gertie with the Santa hat. Come on. I mean, adorable. So those were a really big hit, the Gertie cookies. Yeah. And if anyone who's listening is like, what is she talking about? Gertie, the dinosaur in Echo Lake had her own cookie. Yeah. And Gertie is sort of like a fan favorite, um, you know, sort of underrated, more low key character at the Disney parks. So uh, very cool. Um, I wanted to shift gears to a few final topics before we wrap up today's episode. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is attractions, because this was a well-documented highlight of the event. People spoke extremely highly over how low the wait times were. So if you want to go on rides, this is definitely the event for you. Um, so things like Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror were five minutes, 10 minutes. Um, uh, Slinky Dog Dash was 15 minutes or less throughout the evening. The only attraction that obviously you had to wait for was Rise of the Resistance, which is to be expected, but it was also running on a virtual queue. So that made things a little bit smoother. So big shout out to Disney for how things went from an attraction standpoint. I think that was a highlight in something that even night one people spoke extremely highly of. So if you're going into this event thinking, okay, I just want to ride rides, see a show or two, and I don't really care for characters or I this don't care as event. much. This is your event. You know, it's more, it, it almost reminds me of an after hours event, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, uh, in that aspect. But I would agree with that wholeheartedly. This felt much more after hours than a party. And that's, I think this is where, again, this is where people are struggling, right? Because people kind of, I believe, came in thinking and not, not, nobody to blame, you know, them. I, I don't blame them for this, but people went into this party expecting a party, right? They expected a Christmas party and they expected, you know, with their previous knowledge, of course, they're going to compare it to Very Merry because that's the other party. But if they market it more as like an after hours with some Christmas offerings, I think people wouldn't have been as disappointed or let down or anything of that nature because that's more accurate as to what they're offering. Um, but regardless, I just want to wrap up here with this, Alyssa, and, and I think this is going to be on both of us again. You'll probably be able to speak more on this because you actually attended. I have all the research in the world uh, from the event with me, and I have firsthand experiences from colleagues who went, including yourself, but you actually attended. So I wanted to give our listeners and viewers, before we end the show, what is your best advice for people who are attending? Um, and before that, you know, who, who do you recommend this to and would you recommend it? You know, because this is kind of difficult because obviously 
this is not a one size fits all party. As we said, if you're focused on attractions, this party should be for you. Um, but if you're not, maybe it's not. So it's, it's kind of hard to say who you exactly recommend the party to, but who would you recommend the party to from a guest perspective? And, um, and you know, what, what sort of things do you think they, that went well and how, how can people plan, I guess? So I would definitely say this is an adult forward type of party. There were kids there, but very, not a lot. There were not near as many kids as you see at the very merry Christmas party. Um, so if you're looking for a little bit more of an adult sort of thing, I definitely would recommend that, you know, now can you bring your kids? Yes. Do I think kids would get as much out of this party or event? No, I don't. Um, the one thing I will say we didn't touch on, but I really don't want to end the podcast without touching upon it. And that is the attire that people wore. I really don't want to miss that part of it because I will tell you this. Up until a couple days prior to going, and there were five of us, I literally was thinking I was going to wear my normal park wear. And I was reading more and more, and people were really kind of, some people were going to get real fancy. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, what do I do? And I went out and I, I actually went to the mall a couple of days before, and I bought a sequin dress, which I wound up loving. Um, I will say it was long sleeves and it was very, very hot that night, but that's irrelevant. I was nervous that as I walked in there, that there were going to be, I was going to be the only one, that everybody's going to be in parkwear. And I was going to be like, oh boy, made a mistake. I will say there was, so this is for all the listeners and viewers. There is a, an absolute mix of people who did not dress up and they wore t-shirts and shorts. And there were a decent number of people who got really dressed up. And I will tell you the way to characterize this party. It's very simple. It is a marriage between Christmas holidays and Dapper Day. If you're familiar with that for our viewers and listeners, it is a marriage between the two. You take Dapper Day and holiday and you mix them together. And that is the attire that people wore to Jollywood. Mm -hmm. um, so people wore, I saw people that looked very similar, you know, the, the flappers and the, you know, the, um, the hats and a lot of sequins. Um, a lot of, um, uh, you know, shimmer, um, a lot of beads, um, men that were in, I saw a couple of men in tuxedos, people again in that dapper day, the heyday of the, of Hollywood, that was really fun. But please know as you're listening, if you are thinking about going, <clears throat> you don't have to dress up. You can be in your parkwear. Um, it was super fun to see everybody that did get dressed up. And I will say when I go again in December, I will dress up again. Um, yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to kind of break out the fun sparkles and, you know, kind of have that Hollywood feel. So I did want to mention that because I do think I didn't know what to expect. I knew what they want. I knew what Disney wanted, but I wasn't sure if people would buy into it. And I would say if I had to put, and it's been a, well, it's been eight days since I went, but if I had to put a, if I went back in my mental bank, I would say it was probably 65, 35 in favor of being dressed up. Yeah. I, I heard basically the same thing. And I think that's awesome to be honest with you. I think that's a huge highlight 
what a what a cool factor and feature of this event is that i i mean so uh full disclosure i have a christmas blazer and i figured you know what a time and a place to wear that uh I, you'll I fit guess- right in I can't have too many photos because Alyssa will get a hold of it, and all of a sudden I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be everywhere online, and we don't need that. But the point is, is uh, is it it's a very cool event in that aspect. And and to be frank, there's a lot to love about this event, right? And as Alyssa and I spoke about earlier, they made adjustments. Okay, so mm-hmm. if you are one of those people who saw the reviews and the thoughts and and feelings about night one of Jollywood. And you're like, oh no, like I'm never going. I don't think that's fully fair because I do think that Disney has made legitimate, uh, you know, real adjustments to the events, um, including lots of characters, including operational changes and things that might make you say, oh, I want to go back. Now, does it make the people who went to night one think, hey, why didn't I get that? Of course. And and people have every right to feel that way. Um, however, I do think it's great that they made these adjustments. But I think at the grand scheme of things, the final thing I'll really say about Jollywood is like any event, okay, and we talked about this with our episode where we spoke about the fall and winter time with Serena from Living by Disney, you know, you have to decide what is best for you and your family and your group, okay? So if what's best for you is an event where you want to see some shows, you want to try some holiday treats, and you want to go on rides with no wait time then this is the event for you. That's perfect. This is the perfect event for you. Having said that, if you're more into Very Merry, where you want to meet a million characters and you want to get treats in a two-minute wait and keep moving, this might not be the event for you. So it's about you know deciding and weighing those pros and cons, and only you can decide that, right? We can We can tell you what we think about something, but again, you might listen to me and say, you know what, Jared? Everything you said you didn't like that stuff I like. That's great. That's wonderful. So I would just say my final thoughts here are really decide if the things we spoke about today in today's episode, the things that we said were great, the things that we said maybe they needed to work on, see where those things lie and what you enjoy about Disney, about Christmas, about the holidays, and about these kind of events. And what are what are your final thoughts, I guess? So I just want to say this. Um, I think my final thoughts are, let me just end with saying Jollywood Nights, I've only been to the first one, was not a complete, you know, flop. Um, I left there and I still feel this way because I only went to one. At this point, sitting where I sit, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. That's where Mm -hmm. I sit with it. Sit right in the middle. But again, you know, uh, that was prior to a lot of the, the upgrades that they've done, you know, so... Um, but I will say this, and I would leave this to anybody who listens to this. If you are look, if you're in between, I want to do one of the parties, and I don't know which one to do, and maybe you don't want to pay for both, which I completely understand. If you can do both, do both, right? But if you can't, I would say really reach down and say, you know, if you are, this is my take, Jared, you can maybe agree or disagree. If you are looking for classic holiday, classic holiday where you just get into the merriment and the snow falling on you and characters and music. Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party is for you. If you're mm-hmm. looking for a little bit more of an upscale, I want to put on my, you know, my, my best kind of, you know, my best blazer, my best, you know, sequin dress and really feel like, you know, go out there, get some really cool cocktails, 
and some treats and experience, you know, old Hollywood, so to speak, then Jollywood Nights is for you. Um, I do think they are extremely different and I don't think they deliver the same experience to the guest. So as you said, Jared, you know, if you're looking for more of a, of an after hours event, Jollywood is for you. You're looking for more of an all inclusive, you know, holly jolly, very merry, you know, I just want to get all into it. Very Merry Christmas parties for you. And I will say, I think it's great that they are different. You know, I don't think it would have been great if it was the same thing, because then you are being redundant. And what's the point of paying for two parties if they're the same thing? You know, so I think it's great that they have different offerings in there for two different crowds, because that's the intention, I believe. You're you're trying to market and cater to a new group of people. And I think that's fantastic that Disney is willing to take these risks and try these new things. And, you know, I... I'm excited to see how it goes the rest of the year and see how the events go. And then I'm going to be very curious to see if it does come back and how it does come back in 2024 um, and, and, you know, just go from there. But either way, we just hope that this episode helped you guys because that was the intention. We wanted to go over what Jollywood offered, but also wanted to talk about Alyssa's experience and also wanted to talk about the first night, the second night what what you can expect and you know sort of some a little bit of comparison contrasting with Mickey's Jared, can I just say one thing real quick before you wrap up um I think it'd be really cool if our next episode even though we're not going to be speaking on Jollywood specific if we hear some of the have, what else has changed what's improved mm -hmm. what have they or haven't they done I think it'd be really great we'd love I'd love to keep our viewers and listeners up to date with the progress of of what Jollywood nights kind of um, met like morphs into for the next eight parties. If you're, if you would like to do that. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I mean, the intention of this podcast folks is to, to keep you as informed with all things Disney as possible. Um, but it's also to help you plan your trip and keep you excited about Disney. We try to be as upbeat and as positive as possible not just like Disney's amazing, that kind of positive, just positive people and spread some kindness and, and happiness out into the world. And, and Alyssa and I try really hard to do that. So we hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope you tune into next week's episode. Mickey Bog Podcast drops new episodes once a week, every single Friday morning. So tune in every Friday morning for that new episode. If you want to check out some of our previous episodes, please do head over to wherever you get podcasts. This is our 54th episode. So we got plenty of episodes for you to go check out. I know. Uh, and there's more to come. So get excited for that. Several more Christmas episodes on the way. So uh, very excited. Are you up to Are you up to more Christmas episodes, Jared? Like, Believe it you... or not, I think I can do it. I think I'm okay. willing to, to discuss can you, Christmas. Can you, can you kind of just uh, trek through the next few until the new year? I'm going to try my best. Um, okay. No, but I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and it always is. We appreciate all the support. The podcast has continued to grow since we've started, and we really appreciate that. I love seeing the kind comments and the people saying they love listening and they love watching. It's really, really wonderful. So please keep doing that. And if you like this podcast, please do hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, and give us a good rating if you can on Apple or Spotify. It helps a lot. And last but not least- I need least, a heart. Hold on. There's my heart. There you go. Is that a heart? Sort of. Well, it's kind of weird. Close enough. I don't a heart. That's a heart for all you viewers, but that's for, pathetic. It's okay. She tried her best. What she was trying to say is that, yeah, that. she appreciates it. <laughs> Much better. I do. Um, we appreciate you all. We really do. And as always, as I like to end every episode, 
please head over to mickblog.com for all the latest in all things Disney. We can't wait to see you guys next week in another edition of the Mickey Blog Podcast. Have a magical rest of your day.